positivity. Uh, the date is 13th of December and the time is 8.37 p.m. EST. Uh, this is the first time I'm recording at p.m. So, and this is the first time I'm recording since I think September. Uh, and I just wanted to thank everyone for listening. Uh, 59 plays is a huge number. I remember, I still remember, I was messing around on my phone and I accidentally opened the app and I was shell-shocked to see 55 plays. And that too, there was this, you know, there was this huge spike on the 21st of um, last month. That was amazing. So thank you, thank you so much for listening even when I wasn't uploading. beginning <laughs> but uh, yeah I think I hope I do better than last time so uh, that's the first thing I wanted to talk about the second thing I wanted to do is apologize again because like an idiot I did not uh, link my paper to my bank account so I really hope that if anyone who tried to send uh, send money But I think it's available anyway. So you can reach out to me and we'll try to make sure that I'll try to reimburse you if possible. Okay. Uh, the second, uh, that's another thing. And the, there was this one other thing. Oh, right. Uh, I don't know how to. I don't know if there has been any feedback. to comment like or anything like that on on the podcast but and that is why I don't really know uh, how to make things better because I yeah I don't really know how to improve things with this because I've never done this before but uh, I think if I was a listener biggest problem I would have with the biggest problem I would have was would be the 30 minute podcast with zero breaks so I'll try to break it up and add smaller stories and shots I sincerely apologize for that right so yeah I'll try to make the stories a lot uh, more bite-sized and Hopefully, I'll, hopefully, I'll
Nottingham City Centre. It's in the UK. So after the collapse of retailers like Arcadia um, in in Nottinghamshire, it has left a lot of uh, it has left many people wondering what the future looks like for this this UK town and city centre. So to respond to that, the Nottinghamshire Wildlife Trust has laid out its vision for a post-retail urban landscape. So following an announcement that the city's long-criticized Broadmarsh shopping centre would be demolished, the trust presented its plans to rewild that word, rewild the retail wasteland as a part as part of a wild as part of a wider proposal to link the city with Sherwood Forest, home to the fabled Robin Hood. Okay, so essentially they're trying to uh, make Nottinghamshire a lot more eco-friendly or just give it a more natural aesthetic, I guess. Either way, it's good. Like, um, having that kind of uh, access or yeah I think uh, it would be good uh, for tourism yeah uh, it would be it would be good for tourism and it might be good for people as well I've noticed I don't have any um, primary data of this but uh, people who usually uh, live next to or live close by or live close to a forest area it's um, it provides them an opportunity to kind of engage um, in physical activity more because they are more tempted to go to walk go for a walk in the forest and kind of uh, settle their brain and get away from whatever's going on in their lives used to have that uh, back when I was a kid. It was scary. We were told not to go in alone because our sense of direction was absolute garbage <laughs> and we could easily lose ourselves. But, uh, anyway, uh, right. So this is a state. Oh, right. Um, I wanted to share something interesting about Robin Hood as well. So the story of Robin Hood uh, is fairly unique in the sense that the characters and the plot points are concrete so everyone knows uh, who Robin Hood is who Firefred is who Prince Philip is and Merry Men and the princess and the other supporting characters everyone is fairly familiar with them and everyone also understands how these characters interact but the world building around them is very fluid so that uh, a lot of people so that uh, provides the opportunity for a lot of budding writers or a lot of established writers to uh, either revamp or retell or somehow canonize the story of Robin Hood and none of those <laughs> uh, none of those eff- none of the efforts have uh, been successful the way they wanted at least because the uh, the works uh, by these people the works
survived but um, i think everyone's work survived so people know that uh, this is a story and this is something that someone tried to revamp and the fact that uh, the characters are concrete and the world building isn't provides a very interesting opportunity for anyone who wants to tell a story to use these characters in their story so if someone were to put robin hood in let's say feudal japan it it would be the same story but it would be set in feudal japan that's it it will be the exact same story except for the world you know the world in which it takes place so that's uh, that's a very interesting um, aspect of robin hood that i was recently introduced to and uh, the evidence for this the evidence of humanity's efforts to try and canonize robin hood uh, are present in uh, stories books plays or any form of uh, media that has advanced uh, so it started out with plays i think or it started out with uh, verbal stories and then it transformed into plays and books and movies so any technological advancement that we make as humanity the first thing we do is try to revamp robin hood because we have nothing better to do okay so uh, right uh, so this there's this statement from the ceo of the nottinghamshire wildlife trust he says that transforming the broadmarsh into a natural green space would bring people together and start putting the city's nature into recovery at a time when natural green space has never been more valued or needed once this he described the plans as a once in a lifetime opportunity a once in a generation opportunity to carve out a green future for the city center i would i think i would say the first thing i would have said was that he might be uh, dreaming a little too small but then again maybe uh, maybe the reason he's uh, doing this yeah paul wilkinson uh, maybe the reason he's doing this is because he has uh, he plans on uh, gradually expanding or gradually building on so a better way to understand it would be to think of this project the ceo carrying this project as you carrying two or three bags of grocery groceries from your car to your house and you have to um, you have to climb a flight of stairs as well so would you climb the flight and would you climb the stairs like a normal person or would you go for four steps at a time please think not like a normal person because four steps at a time is dangerous you could hurt yourself you know that but uh, when it comes to a plan this amazing and this uh, and when discussing a plan that is this amazing has so much potential a lot or a lot a lot of people might push for the four steps at a time uh, technique i guess 
steps at a time approach but then that's prone to risk an injury and perhaps irreversible damage and the last thing that anyone needs is irreversible damage to their favorite sherwood forest stopped then people are not getting paid and the people who who work who work such jobs are people who really need the money they have nowhere else to go so this is a very good step this this is something that should uh, that uh, environment ministers or climate ministers should do instead of just starting more projects I've seen so many. Uh, I've heard or read about uh, environment ministers and climate ministers in so many other countries. What they do usually is they just start a new scheme or start a new initiative to bring jobs and go for a more eco-friendly thing. Like you're not addressing the core of the problem, and 
that is the fact that people are losing their jobs they need to be uh, they need to transition into something much more sustainable they don't need new opportunities <laughs> because technically the transitional uh, the transition will will serve as a new opportunity right okay so there is another statement from Helene Hegel she's from Greenpeace and she says this is a huge victory for the climate movement and Denmark is a small country but has the potential to punch above its weight and pave the way for necessary transition to green renewable energy hmm. I don't know if I would agree with that that Denmark is a small country and has the potential to punch above its weight I think that has been what Denmark has been doing ever since ever since I think its industrialization i don't know much about denmark i so there's this uh, youtube channel called uh, overly sarcastic productions uh, one of the one of the co-hosts of the channel is alias is blue he went to denmark and he made a review of it i guess and he spoke very highly of it of the place so call saying that the country has the potential to punch above its weight is like is the equivalent of saying that Gordon Ramsay has the potential to be a great cook they it's not it's not wrong but it's like they have been doing this for a while <laughs> but yeah this is this is good the only um, the only problem is the is one that they've already addressed the transition transitioning workers because a lot of these people have been at this job for a decade if not more so it's tough uh, to change uh, it's tough to change your lifestyle or your work habits to something completely different like i don't know why because matter <laughs> but uh, yeah people find it extremely difficult to do that but i hope that denmark achieves this because like every positive thing that uh, a country does or a government does or just even a person if you do something positive you're setting the precedent for other people to follow in your footsteps there won't be a naysayer who can who can confidently tell people that something good isn't possible because no one has ever done it before because you'd have done it before okay i think that's the end of the second story and let's move on to the third story is again in the UK so uh, 
the national homeless property fund has allowed authorities to invest in properties and lease them to housing associations and homeless charities the fund was launched by resonance a social impact investment company and has an initial budget of 20 million pounds that is a lot of money so the covid pandemic has exacerbated an already alarming crisis of housing and homelessness in this country this is a statement from Salford Mayor Paul Dennett. He says that the National Homeless Property Fund, therefore, is a lim- uh, is a timely initiative, and our investment will help us to address the fast rising demand for social housing and give people in our city, in our city, oh, okay, in our city region, the security, stability, and support they need. This is an excellent uh, initiative. not just because it's providing um, shelter for the homeless but because it is uh, it feels like a, a three pronged attack against <laughs> sorry a three pronged spear or uh, a three pronged approach yeah let's not go for violent terms because there's something i recently learned that the way you phrase your sentences and the analogies that you use or the metaphors that you use if they are aggressive or if they uh, are associated with aggression then the overall message is somewhat hampered or uh, uh, really hampered in the long run because people associate uh, people don't uh, don't really uh, latch on to what you're trying to say they latch on to certain sections and the biggest those ses- sections are linked to the way they feel about certain things that is not so anyway all right uh, so this is good because the one thing uh, because a because a it's taking care of homeless people uh, b it is uh, helping housing associations and homeless charities and c i think the most important is an amalgamation of a and b so housing association and homeless charities are run by people right so if they have more money they can hire more people and buy more houses so it is uh, an initiative to uh, increase employment and it is also going to um, get more potential uh, workers from the population of homeless people by giving them a place to live because uh, i think if we look at the sustainability goals in the un we can let me just pull it up um un sustainability goals okay okay yeah so you you always see this uh, 17 images uh this image of 17 different things sustainable development goals so one is no the first thing is no poverty the second thing is zero hunger the third thing is good health and well-being and the fourth thing is education now considering a lot of uh, systemic issues in society stem from a lack of education i uh, i used to argue that uh, number 4 should be number 1 but uh, i 
recently learned that quality education is wasted on someone who is hungry because they are too hungry to understand so while uh, the homeless shelters and uh, how uh, and housing for poor, uh, for homeless people it might not address uh, <coughs> i didn't see the apologies for that okay uh, so while it might not address the poverty and hunger situation permanently <coughs> will it not solve less likely uh, to or they are more likely to try uh, try and uh, work towards the other things so they already have a roof over their head right so they have a place to call home they have a place to come home to they have a place to less uh, rest their head <laughs> i mix up lay their head and rest they have a place to rest their heads and that alone is uh, such a boost to their sense of security and i think uh, sense of security is the second highest in maslow's hierarchy of needs we'll have to check that as well <laughs> let's check that maslow's right after physiological needs so food sleep and um, i don't know why he includes sex i don't understand it but anyway so yeah there's a uh, physiological needs and then there's safety so safety is the second biggest priority for a human being to function properly so there's now that their safety needs are met they can work towards uh, fulfilling their physiological needs and then they can work towards uh, love belonging uh, the other things love and belonging self esteem and self actualization there are flaws with maslow's hierarchy model because there are quite a few things that he doesn't address so let's go back to the sustainable sustainable development goals because okay so i think that ha huh. we were to achieve the first four if any society were to achieve the first four zero poverty zero hunger good health and education they can solve all the other things like the fifth thing is gender equality if quality of education is is accessible to everyone there should be no gender equality uh, there should be no gender inequality <laughs> god okay uh, clean water and sanitation again uh, a product of education good health Is the options? I just okay. Oh god! Never mind. The point I'm trying to make is <laughs> that this is good because it's not just uh, a step to protect the current homeless population. It is a step to ensure that future uh, future homeless population are uh, uh, 
ethics allow me to rephrase this it is not just an initiative to ensure that people who are homeless right now uh, deserve or receive better better conditions it is also working towards ensuring that the people who may lose their homes or who may suffer through such uh, circumstances in the future it ensures that they don't have to struggle as much as the people who are receiving this aid right now did in such a year so this is good this is good and i think a lot more countries should do this but i understand that they can't because of the sheer population density and also uh, if i may i don't understand the whole concept of the corrupt politician like if you okay so uh, i recently uh, had to clean out my uh, my bookshelves and i found an old book it had a lot of uh, fables in it and a lot of short stories which had like morals for 6 year for 6 year old kids and one of those stories was about a merchant Uh, a merchant and a beggar i i don't know if you've heard it you probably have heard some version of it so the story goes like this there's a beggar he has a one room house and every night he every morning he wakes up he um, goes into the city and he's and he um, shines people's shoes and whatever money he gets he buys food for that he usually spends it on food and tries to um, send some back to his family or something i don't remember exactly but yeah most of the stuff most of the money that he earns is spent on the day itself because of how little he earns but uh, he's happy because he has a job that pays for his food and he has a house so he has nothing to worry about even though his house is just one 10 by 10 room i guess so every night he opens the windows and doors and he just goes to sleep because he knows he has nothing he, he knows that no one is going to steal anything from him because he has uh, nothing valuable or nothing that other people would value he likes his life even though it's um, from a certain persp- from a from an outside of uh, outsider's perspective it's pretty um, it's pretty bare bones but he likes it now we go to the merchant who has a mansion and he is some he's kind of neighbors with the beggar i don't know how but he is and he is a very stressed guy he doesn't trust his servants because he's scared that they'll break into the safe uh, in his house and take all of his uh, take all of his money and papers and stuff and he makes sure to send them home before sundown because he doesn't like the idea of being alone with uh, servants in at night because they could overpower him or something like that and he makes sure that uh, he instructs them to lock all doors and windows before leaving 
and then he himself locks himself in and then he locks himself in the bedroom and spends the night whatever and the point that the story tries to sell is how stressed this guy is because he has so much money and the only two things that he is concerned with are keeping that money and growing that money but he can't spend that money because spending it would mean uh, shrinking his wealth so he he spends the way the he sp- his spending habits mirror that of the beggar in the sense that they both spend on what they need the only difference is the beggar wants what he needs <laughs> the merchant i don't think has any sort of appreciation for what he needs food and uh, food and stuff so this one day he sees uh, he is so stressed and i don't know what is going on through his, what is going through his head he um, he steps out of his house he goes to the beggar's house and he hands him a fat stack of cash and he says dude i have too much money i don't want it it gives me nothing but stress just keep it and the beggar is completely overjoyed because that is the largest that is a hefty sum of money that's more money than he has probably ever earned and he eagerly takes it and he's like yeah sure okay and then be a good samaritan and help you out and that's when the stress starts overtaking the beggar he doesn't go to work that day he doesn't eat the whole day because he's so scared of spending he's scared of losing what little wealth he has now he tries to make plans he tries to just sit and think but he's too hungry to think and whatever plans he makes involve spending that money and since he doesn't really know how to uh, expand his wealth by investing in stocks or anything else so the idea of investment is scary for him because it means losing what he has for long term gain but then again he doesn't really understand long term gain because this is a person who lives his life by the day that's that's easy for him right so that uh, so he spends the day doing this just stressing over the money and at night uh, so this night is the first night that he locks all the windows and doors the one window and one door in his house and he makes sure to stuff the stack of uh, stack of notes uh, in his pillow or under his pillow and he doesn't sleep he's uh, he f- falls in and out of sleep because every time he falls asleep he he starts uh, getting paranoid that someone might break in and uh, take the money and he wakes up and he checks whether the money is still there or not and he's like okay cool the money is still there and then he goes back to sleep and then he wakes up again and he's like where the money <laughs> and the next day he goes back to the merchant and he hands him the money and says something along the lines of i don't need this i what he says something along the lines of what you have uh, what i uh, what you gave me uh, took from me the one thing that i 
valued more than anything else my sanity <laughs> let's uh, so yeah the oh right um, so coming back to the concept of craft politicians just what's the point of having so much money because you can't spend it anywhere right if you spend it you're going to shrink your wealth <laughs> even if you invest it and as as we as we saw in 2020 the stock market is a fickle beast right so your finances are not secure in any way shape or form like the best thing you can do is buy houses but then even that is taxed to make sure that uh, people don't just buy all the houses and, and create a monopoly or something like that i i think i'm not sure my understanding of housing taxes is very uh, minimal but yeah i i i don't see the point of having so much money and like keeping so much money i hope that everyone gets to have a lot of money but i don't think it's good for anyone anyone's mental health to stay with that kind of amount because every i even i used to think that oh if i had a lot of money i could do so many things and now i realize i can't do i won't be able to do anything because half the time i'd be crippled with the anxiety of losing that kind <laughs> losing that money i wouldn't be focused on what i could get i'd be hyper focused on what i have and preserving what i have and i think that's that is the mentality of a lot of people who have way too much money they can't see five steps ahead of them it's so sad there's so much in this world anyway oh shucks i just realized i i went on for too long i'm so sorry uh i think i should end this yeah i'll add uh i'll add a little something at the end as well
we have to start looking at other places to live because we might not be able to retain this house and that's when i was when that's when i thought okay that's when i thought that i should stop i can't because it started to feel disingenuous and that's why i stopped uploading but thank you again for continuing to listen to these applied for two internships one is at a newspaper and the other one is at a content writing agency so the the newspaper uh, the shift for the newspaper begins i think at 11 and it goes on to 3 i opted for the night shift because it's easier for me it's a it's a fairly new just berate politicians <laughs> i have nothing i have very little um, positive very little things very few things that i can say about um, government officials of the countries that i was covering that are positive and that is after like an hour of research just type whatever i want so that's the first internship uh, the second one at the content writing agency they just want one article from me every day and it can be about anything it just needs to be completely original and interesting so i i've talked about quite a lot of things i talked about sexism in ancient greece i talked about andy warhol and his contribution to the art movement in the 80s humanity has been trying to answer the question of how the universe came to be and as we have progressed from communities to societies and civilizations uh, we try we uh, used myths to try and explain this so i talked about some of the myths that exist in the world i covered myths from egypt uh, south america uh, china and india that was that was that was interesting research uh what else i also wanted to talk about a few other things that i'll write in in the article not not now okay uh what else happened um my mom's job situation kind of stabilized in the sense that she was earlier she was on sorts and uh, so there's this uh, there's this other content writing company that uh, that uh, I applied to 
ask me to send them a write up uh, i sent the written material i think on wednesday i waited thursday and friday and then i called them on saturday and i talked to someone at the company they asked me to get back in touch with them today uh, tomorrow yeah they told me to get back in touch with them on the 14th and it's a little far away from home but uh, they're only working two days in the week at the office so for two days i have to travel and for three days i get to stay at home and work so it's nice it's good and uh, i am hoping that i get that get that job because then i can try to um, then i can try to work out or try to hammer out a deal with the internships here because i like working at the news agency it's it it helps me stay updated with current affairs and it helps me improve my writing skills and the other one is fun as well because i get to i get to dive deeper into things that i uh, find interesting so i'm hoping that if i present an offer from this company i may be able to get a more concrete response from them as to whether they plan on hiring me what kind of salary structure they have and how much they can pay me for everything so if i get that one i can oh right uh one more thing now i don't think i'll be uploading every single day i'll try to space it out i think two times a week or on alternate days for this week i think i'll have to yeah for this week i'll try to upload every day just for this week i'll try to transition into something different next week because by next week it'll be very clear where i uh, where i stand on the job and everything else oh shucks i tangled my fingers oh god okay so yeah that has been uh, that's almost everything that happened a lot of a lot more stuff happened but uh, it's not really as important so thank you so much for listening thank you uh, again for continuing to listen even though i stopped uploading I have set up my. Uh, I won't add the link in the description, uh, link to my PayPal in the description because I still have to set it up. They, I have established my account, and they said that they'll send some money. Uh, the PayPal said that it will send some amounts, less than a dollar fifty, I think, and I have to. Um, so if they send seventy five cents. i have to go to their website sign in and then uh, tell them how much money was sent to confirm that yes it is my account and i am in, in control of it after that they can start uh, transferring money to my bank account through paypal but yeah uh, hopefully
very sure yeah, we should start working anyway uh, thank you so much for tuning in oh right um, shucks I completely forgot my outro <laughs> and that has been our, seg- uh, our podcast two teaspoons of positivity I would like to thank the one person listening to this and I really hope you enjoyed it I thank you so much for Uh, continuing to listen and thank you so much for just being there like i was uh, i think i was happier to see that that one established audience member is still there as compared to the 55 plays that i got i was like oh my god i got 55 plays oh thank god that one person is still there <laughs> Anyway, uh, thank you so much for tuning in. And now I am going to tune out. Bye-bye.